The scripture passage that we're about to read um, is super dense, and so um, I want to give you some definitions and some thoughts before Joe reads. You can just sit down because it's going to be a while. <laughs> Whose phone is this? Is this okay? I think so. I think I'm on. Yeah, I'm on. So uh, before we read this. Uh, I was going to say at first, uh, reading this scripture passage of Romans is dense, but it's actually just as dense if you read it the second time and the third time and the fourth time. So I want to unpack it a little bit and um, just tell you about it. Uh, And then then you'll be really excited to hear it, right? So uh, if you are new to Christianity, you might not know who Abraham is. So I'm going to spend just a second telling you about Abraham. Abraham, in many ways, is the father of our faith. Um, And you will hear hear Paul say that in this passage of Romans. Um, He, uh, when I was little, I would grow up and sing the song, Father Abraham had Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Okay, so good, you guys know, father of our faith, right? And Sarah, the mother of our faith. I'm so glad that you guys knew that, because... You don't want me singing alone. (laughs) Abraham is the father of our faith because he trusted God um, against, um, and Sarah, against incredible odds. They're old, they're past the the time of having children, and yet God promises them that they will have more descendants than there are stars in the sky and sand in the desert. And they were crazy enough to trust God with Right? And that, that trusting of God, that following forward is faith. Okay? So that's one word that you'll hear in the passage today. Um, and you will hear Paul talk about Abraham as um, you'll hear these words circumcised and uncircumcised. And what Paul is talking about is he's making the case that Abraham, um, who trusted in God, did that before there was even this thing called the law, before Abraham even submitted to the act of circumcision, which was a sign and covenant of faithfulness, right? So Paul's point, and this is actually a big point of the book of Romans, is that Jesus Christ and the offer of salvation is for all, not just Jew and Gentile, or as Paul says in this particular passage, circumcised, or uns- um, but also for the uncircumcised, right? So Christ's death and resurrection is for all. Salvation is for all. It's a big point of um, the book of Romans, not just um, for me personally, which is a good thing to talk about, but for the entire world, okay? So that's a thing that you can listen for as you hear this. And so we're talking about salvation. That's what this sermon series is about. Um, we're, we're talking about a road trip through Romans, and we're looking, I'm, I'm inviting you to read Romans Somebody pointed out, I said Romans had 12 chapters last week, and nobody corrected me. What's up with that? 16 chapters. In a couple weeks, we're preaching on Romans 12. That must have been what I was thinking. Um, So we're inviting you to read it. It is dense. Um, If you start today in uh, chapter 1, I forgot to say this last week in the first service. In chapter 1, there is one verse that is going to be troubling to you if you identify as LGBT. Okay, And I'm going to name that. 
but we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater, okay? Um, so that particular verse, set it aside. If you want to talk one-on-one -on -one with me about it, or um, you can go back and look at different sermon series we've done and, and talked about that, you're welcome to. Set that verse aside and look at the whole beauty of this book of Romans, okay? Because it, it talks about, it is, it is the story of salvation for all um, and, and for you personally. So does anybody remember, speaking of salvation, the definition that I offered last week? Surely somebody has a journal that they were taking notes in last week. Nobody. Uh, uh, everybody in the second service writes it all down, I just want you to know. Not really. Um, not really. Actually, in the second service last week, I said that about you all, that you all were perfect. So, Salvation is the lifelong process of Christ working in you to bring more freedom, authenticity, and wholeness into your life, okay? Salvation frees you from sin and guilt, which we talked about last week. Salvation opens your eyes so that you can see uh, more fully yourself and you can live into that. Actually, I felt like I didn't even need to preach after Janelle offered her testimony, right? That's, that's what she was talking about, right? Like, Thank you. Um, I feel like these testimonies are working out really well. Thank you, God, for um, working in our lives. Um, and so this project of salvation is fueled by grace. So if salvation is the car that we journey in in our life, the automobile, grace is the gasoline that gets us anywhere we go. Okay? Grace is... Uh, we're going to unpack it more in a bit. That's actually what my sermon is about, except for this part is kind of a sermon too. <laughs> but grace is God's forgiveness. Grace is God's unmerited love. Grace is God treating us as if we are perfect, even though we aren't and we know it, and loving us so that we have the capacity to move more fully into who we are that God already knows we are. Right? Grace... Um, is, as the old, sin, uh, the old hymn says, "'Twas grace,' I'm not going to sing it, right? Unless you guys want to sing it. "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved.'" That's grace. It is at once freeing and empowering us to be more, Okay? And if we want to continue that hymn, the next line is justification, which is um, the next word that I want you to hear because it's going to be read in the scripture passage. Justification is, um, anybody know, like when you click on a Word document, um, you can be left justified, you can left justify or right justify. Justification is aligning yourself with God, right? Justification is understanding that moment of grace. Justification is... is, um, is catching a glimpse of God's grace and mercy and compassion that is seen in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and knowing that that can happen in our life, too. Right? So the next line, uh, Sylvia, you want to help me out? Um, How precious did that grace appear the hour I first 
thinks. I need somebody else to always start me out on that because I'm all pitchy and stuff and I can't even hear it. But you get it, right? So justification is that assurance, that moment. Some people say, I was saved in 1983 at my, you know, altar call, right? It's that moment. We all, we all need those moments, that moment of assurance, right? Um, and so the last thing I want to talk about is works. You'll hear the word works, faith versus works. And this is the idea that you can earn God's love. It's the idea that we have, that the actions we take can make God love us more. Um, and as Janelle spoke so beautifully, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you do, God already loves you as much as possible, right? So Paul's argument is that, that um, God, that, that we can't do works to earn God's love. It is only faith, okay? So you guys ready to hear this very dense reading of scripture? And now that you have some words, so come on up, Joe. Today's scripture comes from Romans, chapter 4, verses 1 through 17. What then are we to say was gained by Abraham, our ancestor according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something due. But to one who without works trusts him who justifies the ungodly, such faith is reckoned as righteousness. So also David speaks of the blessedness of those to whom God reckons righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one against whom the Lord will not reckon sin. Is this blessedness, then, pronounced only on the circumcised or also on the uncircumcised? We say, faith was reckoned to Abraham as righteousness. How, then, was it reckoned to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the ancestor of all who believe without being circumcised and who thus have righteousness reckoned to them. And likewise, the ancestor of the circumcised who are not only circumcised but who also followed the example of the faith that our ancestor Abraham had before he was circumcised. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, But where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of all of us, as it is written. I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. 
the word of God for the people of God. So a couple of years ago, we decided one of my favorite magazines growing up was Highlights Magazine. And so a couple of years ago, we decided to get Highlights Magazine for Ruby. She was one at the time. And I know you think that that sounds weird, but there's like a, a one for little babies called Hello. And it's very cute. Um, and then about a year ago, she was kind of getting bored with the Hello Magazine. And so they have another one that's not the bigger children uh, highlights. It's called High Five. So we started getting the High Five magazine. And about that time, um, when the High Five magazine would come, also uh, would come this like little four-page magazine called Puzzle Buzz. And um, in the back of the magazine was this little postcard. And we were invited to, we could possibly have won a free gift. And so we're invited to, you know, scratch off those little silver things that, you know, Appear, and lo and behold, every month we scratched it off, and we received a free gift of a tote bag and a copy of the real Puzzle Buzz magazine, not the four-page like Probo. And every month we did not send it in for the free gift because you know, whatever. But a couple of months ago, uh, Ruby was like, "Please, can we have our free gift?" So we sent it in, and um, a couple, you know, a month later. Um, two Puzzle Buzz, Puzzle Buzz magazines arrive and a tote bag. And we're the sort of cheap parents that actually we wrapped it up for Ruby and gave it to her for her birthday. <laughs> she doesn't know, she's only three. Um, that's grace for me. Um, and she opened it up and she was delighted and I actually credit those two Puzzle Bug magazine, Buzz magazines with her sitting through the three hour service of ordination last month for me. Like she sat the whole time because she was looking at Puzzle Bug. It was amazing. Um, and then just uh, maybe last week or two weeks ago, we got another Puzzle Buzz magazine in the mail. And this time it came with a bill. Right? We knew this. You knew the end to this story, right? I knew the end to this story, that there is nothing in life that is free, right? That everything comes with a cost. We live in a system of meritocracy, right? We live in a world where what we do gets us to where we are. Nothing good in life is free. You know all of these quotes, right? Um, and so, so we knew, I knew that the bill was coming and the fun would run out, right? Um, this is the world we've been trained in. This is the world that we know. And so we expect, we assume that God operates this way too, right? It's really hard if you've been conditioned one way to see God in another way. We assume that it must be our actions, it must be our service, it must be our works that earn God's favor. That's the word that Paul uses, as you heard. Um, we assume that we, we have in our mind, to be a good Christian, I have to do this list of things, right? And this will make me right, and this will give me righteousness. That's the, another word that I actually didn't define and I should have. 
Righteousness is this, I, it, we think that we earn our righteousness, that like if we do this list of do's and don't do this list of don'ts, that we will be seen as righteous. But it's actually God that it shows up as righteousness in us, right, if we let it. So um, Paul says it this way, it's, it's the line, um, he says, for this reason, what, what we need to know is that faith is a gift from God. It's not earned. And so I, I believe that faith is, um, I didn't define this earlier, I'm sorry, is, is implanted in us at birth or conception, I don't, I don't know. But faith is in us. It, is, it, it can be tiny like a mustard seed. and It's dormant, you know. But all of us have this imprint of God on us. So the, the faith is a gift, right? And it is in us, just like grace, it is in us then receiving that gift that it begins to grow and flourish, right? You see sometimes people with this, like, unshakable faith, and, it's because, and, and, and we say that that's a gift, it's because God has grown and flourished, and in, 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 in the conditions have been right, maybe, right? Sunshine or rain. So faith is a gift from God. Paul says it this way, for this reason it depends on faith, not works, right? in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all descendants, all of Abraham's descendants. So we can talk about grace, and I can stand up here and tell you it's a free gift from God, but that doesn't actually help you to experience or allow it to wash over you. Um, I want to offer this quote from Frederick Beekner about grace. Um, I'm stealing all my good stuff from starting point, so you guys aren't going to want to sign up. Beekner says, there is no way to earn it or deserve it or bring it about. He's talking about grace. Or bring it about any more than you can deserve the taste of raspberries and cream or earn good looks or bring about your own birth. Right? Grace just is. He goes on to say, this is a long quote, but stick with me because it's beautiful. He goes on to say, a good night sleep is grace. I know that. <laughs> so are good dreams. Most tears are grace. The smell of rain is grace. Somebody loving you is grace. Loving somebody is grace. Because Have you ever tried to love somebody? It's really hard, right? just happens. A crucial eccentricity of the Christian faith is the assertion that people are saved by grace. There's nothing you have to do. There's nothing you have to do. There's nothing you have to do. The grace of God means something like, here is your life. You might never have been, but you are. Because the party wouldn't be complete without you. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Nothing can ever separate us. It's for you I created the universe. I love you. There's only one catch. Here it is. We're thinking meritocracy, right? There's only one catch. Like any other gift, the gift of grace can only be yours 
if you'll reach out and take it. But maybe being able to reach out and take it is a gift, too. So that's Frederick Buechner. Beautiful. This is something you could sit with and reflect on. So many years back, I, um, you all know, I, I throw out Starbucks stories all the time. Here's another one. Many years back, um, Starbucks changed their iced coffee blend. And so they were promoting it and trying to get everybody to drink it. And they um, sent each store like hundreds and hundreds of coupons to uh, distribute with the customers when they, like, when they came in to make a purchase. Here, come back and try our iced coffee. Have a free iced coffee. And something happened. I'm sure it was my fault. And we just like totally forgot to hand out the coupons. And like, so then I had like 500 coupons that were going to expire in four days. And I was like, what do I, you know, I talked to my boss, and he's like, why don't you just go out in the street and give them away? And, um, okay, so Michigan Avenue, summertime, this should be an easy task, right? Michigan Avenue in the summertime, right? I can give away 500 iced coffee coupons, no problem. Yeah. Uh, I'm standing up, hey, have a, would you like a free iced coffee coupon? People scowled at me, people yelled at me, people asked me what the, you know, like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, I'm just trying to give away free iced coffee, I've got all these coupons. They, they assumed that there was, like, fun, I, I could not give away those coupons, guys. I think I eventually, like, just set them on a ledge, and either the wind blew them away and they went into the river, I probably polluted. Um, one guy's like, what's the catch? And I said, the catch is, you have to go, you have to take this coupon. <laughs> and then you can go in the store and get a free iced coffee. We have to receive that gift that is being given away. The most unexpected gift that I ever received was in the Appalachian Mountains of Tennessee. <clears throat> uh, when I was just out of college, my... Um, the youth group that I was working with went down to, you know, serve and, and do a, a week of service. And we spent many days um, in the home of a family, a, a trailer. We were building a, a, a deck on the back of the trailer with wood, just as an aside, that was so rough, I wouldn't have wanted to walk on it barefoot, but that's the wood we had. And so we, um, part of the job was just to play and be a, be a presence, right? It's not, you don't go in there to like, save the world. You go to be community and get to know one another. And so this family had a handful of children and more chickens. And um, one little girl, I'll call her Daisha, and I just hit it off. She was about four years old. And immediately she crawled in my lap, and we told stories, and she took me around and showed me her favorite chicken, and um, she showed me her hiding place, at, you know, because they have a big yard. Um, we just had a great time, and from day one, big hug, I love you, I can't wait to see you tomorrow, just as, as kids can so easily do. They just can love wholeheartedly. And on the last day that we were there, we had spent time with the family, and they had cooked us something to eat, and we um, had, had prayed with them and, you know, finished the deck. And we were getting ready to move on to another project, and Daisha called me um, into her house because she had something for me. She went to her little area, 
and she pulled out a box. She opened it up um, and took out her treasure. It was a key ring with like a little plastic, rubbery, just car dealership on one side. And then on the other side, it said 85 Cougar in Sharpie. Must have been the car. Is it, that's a car, right, Cougar? Yeah. Um, 